everybody. Hi, friends. Well, from gloomy Salt Lake City, Utah. It's Thank God I'm Atheist. The podcast. And I'm Frank Feldman. <laughs> Did you forget who you were? I was just getting ready to jump right into the show. <laughs> and coming up on today's episode. That's where no, I was no. heading. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm Dan Beecher. <laughs> and now Frank will tell you what's coming up on today's episode later on. Oh, yes, indeed, everybody. We're going to be talking about the midterms. And, uh, you know, just I, brace yourself. Everyone, it's just... literally impossible that anybody is sick of the cons- <laughs> uh, of, of the discussion about the, ele- the U.S. elections. Oh, right now. yeah. There's no chance of that that's, that that's oh, the case. No, I know. But, but by the time you're hearing this, it's either almost over or over. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and Frank and I will be 100% correct in all of our predictions. Oh. So. You know it. That's what we're good at. Right? Yeah. Political predictioning. <laughs> um, we're, we're prognosticators. <laughs> but first, there's the news of the week, Dan, that's yeah. caught our attention. Things that. You know, interest us about religion and atheism and what have you. All right, here yeah. we go. So <laughs> this story caught my attention, Dan, because, um, you know, this rise of Christian nationalism that's happening right now, where people are actually willing to, like, call themselves Christian nationalists, <laughs> uh, basically donning the the, uh, the the next step will be calling themselves Nazis. Yeah. Um, and being proud of it. Um, you know, the swastika was actually a symbol of peace. <laughs> We're just reclaiming that. <laughs> uh, no, uh, apparently not all is, uh, not everything over there is as, uh, rosy, uh, as, and terif. Well, it's definitely still terrifying, but, um, we may not need to be as terrified considering that there does seem to be some dissent amongst the ranks. Oh no. Um, yes, indeed. Some, some, uh, ideological and theological divisions do exist and they're starting to, uh, to show up. Uh, you know, that lovely Greg, Greg Locke. Fellow. Oh, our our good friend. Uh, he uh, went over to Pennsylvania to the uh, Reawaken America tour where uh-huh. he spoke. And he got up on stage and he says, if you trust anybody but Jesus to get you to heaven, you ain't going. You say, <laughs> well, what about the Pope? He ain't a Pope. He's a pimp. He has prostituted the church. He's saying this at like, he's not saying this in his big tent, right? right. He's saying to his, to, to, to his people that to his, to show up to his thing. He's saying this to a Christian nationalist tour, right? Right. Where there which are may other include, people, which may include, I don't know, maybe some Catholics, right? Like, uh, Michael Flynn, who took oh. the stage, I guess like a day later or sometime later. And he goes, I'm a Christian. I'm a Catholic, by the way. Mm. So he apparently had heard some of the, some of the cheering and whatnot. Oh dear. Uh, about the Pope and the Pope being evil. Yeah. Um, apparently Greg Locke had also, just a couple days before had posted on Facebook about burning rosaries and ca- and Catholic statues. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He just had a bonfire that yeah. was, that was like, <laughs> get rid of all your Catholic stuff. That's, right. that's the stuff that'll, uh, 
Because like, they had already done all of their Harry Potter yeah. books, so he had to figure out what next. And I guess a user on Facebook had urged him to maybe drop the anti-Catholic rhetoric, you know, <laughs> knowing that like this is a coalition, right? They're they're aligned with these people, right? Right. right. Uh, and it's actually, you know, the Catholic majority on the Supreme Court that uh, that gave them their uh, their uh, decision on Roe, right? Right. That, that they wanted so much. Let's see. So he he responds with Catholicism is idolatry 100%. I will not be silent whether you follow or not. It's a false pagan religion and so filled with perversity it's ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous. Um and then of course, you know, he's not the only one. Let's see Robert Jeffress, you know that name? Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. boy. We've, we've um, talked about old Bob Jeffress before. He, uh, he, you know, uh, and, and not only just a wonderful pastor, uh, oh, but also an author of a book entitled America is a Christian Nation, right? Right. Back in 2010, he was railing against uh, the Catholic Church saying things like uh, that it's a cult-like pagan religion. Um, isn't that the genius of Satan? Um, he says. Um, he also no, I think you're went thinking after of the- Kaiser Soze. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, a year later, he also uh, went after the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the Mormons, the Mormons. Um, calling them a cult and a false religion. I mean, these, they're they're attacking their allies. Yeah, right. This is this this they have agreed to join forces politically in order to take down Roe v. Wade. Yeah. Right. That was the big thing that they all could one hundred percent agree on. And now it gets a little, it a little messy, dicey. right? Because yeah. the Mormons aren't so nasty on like a lot of social issues, right? They're not just going to be like willing to be super nasty, no. right? Um, and they're not going to take kindly to being called a cult, right? <laughs> they're not going to like to support these other groups, um, and they've they've gotten what they want. The only other thing that they're probably all willing to like band forces on is gay marriage, trying right. to bring down gay marriage. But it feels like the ship on that has has sailed in a way, for, you know, that that just abortion never did. Right. Yeah. Um, it, gay marriage has really gotten away from them. I don't, I don't think it, I think they're I, still going to shoot for it. They're going to shoot uh, for it, but it's going to feel so much more futile and it's not going to be the binding force in from, from my perspective. Well, and they're going to piss a bunch of people off. Yeah. Yes. Everybody's got, you know, their, their beloved gay nephew or their, you know, they're, they've finally come to terms with the fact that so-and-so and their family's gay yeah. and they love that person. And yeah, exactly. You know, it's and I, tricky. Yeah. This article, the, um, I'm referencing <clears throat> has a, some other fun examples. Um, there's the white nationalist, um, Nick Fuentes. Oh um, yes. He is, he is a, a psychopath. Yeah. A genuine psychopath and a Catholic. Oh, is he? Yeah. Um, yeah I guess, okay. He has been, I guess, super stoked about the idea of quote Catholic Taliban rule. Right uh, in yes. this country, 
uh, which would be awesome, of course, you know. Like, well, who wouldn't want that? <laughs> like, we we know Catholicism can be pretty nasty if it's given the chance. <laughs> what? And the Taliban. What part of history would lead you to say <laughs> such a thing? <laughs> the Taliban doesn't have a great reputation. And to, like, to merge the two, yeah. just hybridize that whole thing and really go nuts. Wow. That sounds. It's a great idea. That sounds I really I don't cool. see how that can go wrong. <laughs> so, anyway. I don't think it's going to weaken their position anytime in the immediate future, but it's going to be interesting to watch to see how long they can keep this um, just a this joint operation up and running. Shitting on each other. Yeah. Well, well, seriously disliking thing- each other. Yeah. Yes. That, uh, that is, uh, so that's how things are going here in the United States. I'm going to take us across the pond to the UK Ooh. and, uh, and, I'm going to talk a little bit about, well, the UK and Ireland. Oh. Um, I got two stories that I'm going to talk about that are sort of compare and contrast ideas. So there was, there was a very interesting story out of Ireland reported in the Irish Times about a, a bishop who was a, or, or rather a, 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 a priest who was filling in mm-hmm. uh, for, a, uh, for, for the local parish priest mm. and gave a homily that parishioners literally walked out on. Oh, okay. I would like you, Franklin, to guess what that homily, what the what the subject was that made Irish Catholics stand up and leave church. Uh, something um uh something pro England. <laughs> <laughs> Me, okay. That could be it. Uh would it surprise you to learn that this that this priest's wildly controversial topic was that uh, sex between two men or two women was sin, and transgender uh, the, and being trans is not okay? Really? Yeah. What? Also, he also made the very controversial Catholic assertion that uh, abortion is not good; that the promotion of abortion is sinful. Wow. Okay. And people got up and walked out? People were so incensed, they left. I just think, what's happening? Did you guys not know that your church preached that? (laughs) Were you unaware? Because... That's the line. That is that is straight down the barrel Catholic teaching. (sighs) What is happening? They... Boy, I want to know what their normal priest is like. Right? Clearly, uh, he knows better than to bring these topics up if, they, if they're still coming back, right? Like, yeah. he must just, is he only talking about Jesus? <laughs> and right? Mary? Like, is, is that all yeah, just, he's talking about? It sounds like he's staying scripture. on topic. He's actually staying on religion yeah, I, right. I I am a little bit baffled at this. Uh, so the the next step was that the bishop apologized for a this. Catholic bishop. Yeah. Okay. This there's some alt universe shit happening over there right now. Did we Indeed. slip? Did we slip back into the right timeline? <laughs> yeah. Well, or, may, or maybe they did in Ireland. Wow. Uh, but but yes, this is a it it is shocking to me 
I am uh, confused by it. But yes, the bishop said, literally said that this does not represent the Christian position. Huh? What doesn't? It is, uh, it, it is astounding. <laughs> it is crazy, and I'm, and I'm a little confused by the whole thing. Well, go Ireland. Uh, Something's happening opposite, over there. Right? Hmm. On the opposite side of, of that is, is the Bishop of Oxford. This is in the Church of England. Mm-hmm. Who, uh, who has written, I mean, he's pretty high up uh, in the C of E. Mm-hmm. And he wrote an, uh, an essay basically saying that the church should bless gay marriages. And that's, and that's as, as strong a stance as anyone in hmm. the C of E. Uh, that's the highest up guy in the C of E to take that powerful a stance. So to bless. Yeah. Not perform. No, no, to perform. To, oh, to, to perform. To fully to oh, okay. fully enfranchise. Oh, then great. Gayful. Yeah. Okay. I was like, great. Bless away. Right. No, no. <laughs> that's what it, we it, that's he, what we need. He's in favor he is fully in favor of same sex marriage. Oh, nice. Okay. And believes that gay uh that gay past priests mm-hmm. should be able to marry. Mm-hmm. Uh all of that stuff. But gays are still Which, going to hell though, right? That is like I I think not. I think he is I think not. That would be a wonderful and, you know, stance to take, right? Like, yes, come, we'll marry you, we'll marry you. I mean, you're still, you know, you're you're still demonic you're and going to hell, but like yeah. please come here, come here, come here. You're still terrible people, but we still love you. Let us show how much we love you. Uh, we'll let God be the one that hates you. God is the real judge, not us. We would never judge. We we would never. A church? Religious people? Judge? <laughs> never. Doesn't sound right. That doesn't sound like <laughs> us. Oh, well, Dan, um, I just found out, and uh, maybe you know about this, but um, that there is such a thing in this country... Uh, as uh, the Faith-Based Security Advisory Council, which is working under or as part of the Homeland Security. It's actually an initiative of Homeland Security. Yeah, it just barely started, right? Yeah, exactly. They convened for the first time in uh, early October. Um, and this is in response to some really awful events that have happened where mm. uh, people have targeted churches, uh, synagogues. synagogues, mosques, yeah. um, sick I can't remember what they're called, Gurduwaras or something like that. And and obviously that, you know, it goes without saying that even atheists find this appalling, right? This is a horrible, horrible thing to have happen in this country. We don't like violence. I mean, uh, I think it's a strong stance to say that Americans don't like violence, but okay. Reasonable Americans don't like violence. Sure, whatever, right? Yeah. But I, w- I would say the vast majority of Americans are probably anti-shoot uh, up churches, right? Yeah, or shoot sure. up anything, right? Like we don't like shootings. We just won't do anything to stop them, right? <laughs> right. We just we can't bring ourselves to that. It's a just, step too far, right? We just recognize the right <laughs> to have them, right? Exactly. Well, anyway. Um, Uh, This article sort of mentions uh, some interesting uh, statistics, uh, such as incidents in churches, synagogues, temples, violent incidents in churches, synagogues, temples, and mosques uh, has increased 35% between 2014 and 2018. 
And so they've gotten this group together and it has representatives from uh, a variety of uh, different uh, faith traditions, uh, including uh, the African Methodist Episcopal Church, the Jewish Orthodox Union, um, the Mormons were there, Muslims were there, Latino evangelical group was there. Anyway, um, and they're meeting, you know, with law enforcement, security organizations. And because like there's this, the article mentions, you know, the fact that like at uh, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur uh, this year at a, a Temple Emmanuel, uh, which is a reform synagogue in New York City, had flyers placed at every seat uh, next to the prayer books with instructions on what to do in the event of an attack during Jesus one of the services. Uh, and this is what it says. It says, if running from the seat is, or if running from the threat is not an option, crouch down between the pews or hide behind a pillar. Make yourself as small of a target as possible. Remain quiet and still. Like, Jesus. no, this is, it is insanity. And anti-Semitism is on the rise in this country. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just there have been some high profile things just very recently. And it's, it's really awful. And so these groups are like, you know, like the Sikhs are famously welcoming to outsiders and there's a guy in here talking about, or I'm sorry, a woman in here talking about, you know, like how to, how to balance the idea of like being welcoming and being open with having to like fucking lock down for security reasons. Right. And it's just and the Sikhs, insane. The, the, the poor Sikhs, they're oh, funny because they, no they don't, they've never done anything to harm anybody. They, they've never pissed anybody off, but they wear turbans and Americans are too stupid to know that they're not Muslim. Yes. And so they get all of that <laughs> Muslim blowback. Yeah. It's insanity. Um, and so I don't know. I just, I thought it was very interesting that, that this program has popped up. I think it's good that, that they're organizing, but once again, are, are we as a society doing what actually would potentially curb violence of all sorts right and we were kind of referencing it earlier uh no no we're not we and we won't and we won't anytime (laughs) soon and it's and so you you get these you know i hate to say it feudal you know activities right a bunch of of like uh, just convening a bunch of people to to do to try and to try and at least mitigate the amount of damage that's done yeah, they, while we're doing nothing to they're stop hold, them. holding sessions on how to better design your, you know, emergency exit signs, mm-hmm. right. Or directions right. for getting out. I mean, do they have like the equivalent of flight attendants at the beginning of every service, right? <laughs> right. Here, point, here are the emergency exits. You know, this is what to do in the case of somebody coming in here with a semi-automatic weapon and shooting up the place. Right. It's insanity. It is. Um, but insanity is not just for our country. Other oh. countries may participate. Good. So uh, take, for example, the, the lovely Australia, oh. where they're going out of their way to make sure that uh, we're not the only crazies in the mm. world. Because well, thank in, you. That's good of them. Yeah, it's very kind. Mm. Uh, this, is, this is about a trial in the Toowoomba area. Oh, where, I love Toowoomba. Who doesn't? It's love, especially this time of year. Uh, just the, the oh, fire season. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. 
Um, anyway, there in Toowoomba, uh, a whole bunch of people have are now going on trial in the in a murder case. This case centers on hmm. the death of an eight year old girl hmm. who was diabetic, and who oh, no. this little uh, small cult decided could be cured by God hmm. if they just had enough faith. So of course they took the girl off of her drugs. And a week went by, and she died. Uh, she of diabetic ketoacidosis. Oh Jesus! Um, not probably not a great way to go. I'm just going to say that. Probably uh, not. That no. I, I'm guessing that's not great. Yeah. But uh, a whole bunch of people are on trial because they were all there, standing around her praying. In the presence of a person who all you need is to give her the drugs that she's that, that she needs, and she would be fine. So, uh, so yeah, multiple people, including her parents, uh, are are on trial. This is that same thing. It happens all the time. And anytime anyone tells you that, you know, why don't you leave religion alone? This is your answer. I mean, yeah, if this is what they're up to. Absolutely. Go after because, them. Because let me tell you something. You This seems like the extreme, and it definitely is extreme. Mm-hmm. But the Bible says to do this. Mm. The Bible says have faith in the Lord and he will heal you. It's literally there in the print. Right. So literally, So how can we say that this isn't practicing good Christianity? This is actually just doing, following what the book says running the experiment, and, oh, it killed a child. Because that's what happens, right? Like Because if it, you like, actually like this run... this was completely predictable, yeah. right? If and, you actually and, run and when, the Christian experiment, yeah. that's what you get. I, I'm just so amazed. I want to know when it's worked. Right? They've heard about it working, but when oh, have yeah. they ever seen it actually work, Right. Like well, for you real, know, some, on a real level, like not just, oh, I cut my finger. Please, Lord Jesus, make my, this wound heal. Right. And then, you know, two weeks later, scabs, well, a week later, grandma scabs with her, with, you know, grandma's fall was pretty bad. Right. Lord, please save her. Right. Like, but like, who Val Kilmer, right? Not too long ago. He's like a Christian scientist, right? Yeah. And he was like foregoing, he wasn't going to do like chemo treatment or something or whatever his cancer treatment was. He was just like, he was like, nope, not going to do it. And finally his like, I think his kids intervened and they were just like, no, like you're insane. You're dying. Right. And, and it's just like, it's unbelievable. When has it ever worked? Right. Just, but the problem is that every now and then someone's body will heal itself in a way that doctors don't expect. Yeah. Well, and then they've got a story for the rest of their lives. For yeah. like forever, they're telling the story of sister so-and-so. But you're one out of a thousand, right? You're not like... Oh, I, I, I bet the odds are nowhere near that good. <laughs> you wish it was one out of a thousand. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, it's bizarro. All right. Oh, I guess I need to go. Yeah. Okay. Do another one. Okay, I've got another one, which is good, good, uh, since that's what I'm supposed to be doing right now. 
this one, uh, every once in a while, just a good story about statistics and atheists <laughs> comes up. And I'm and I can't I can't ignore these stories, Dan. I have to. They're read irresistible them. to you. They're so good. Um, a lot of this is stuff that we've heard before. Um, and we're, we won't be surprised by, uh, 2000. So this is looking at, you know, let, let me actually set this up just a little bit better. Um, this article is sort of about some surprise findings, um, about, um, atheists in, Mm. and agnostics in sort of the political sphere and sort of our growing influence. Right. And we've been talking, we've talked about this a lot on the show. Um, and especially the need for atheists to, Make sure we're voting. Make sure, you know, we're running for office if that's something that appeals to you, right? Right. And uh, and and being visible when possible as an atheist. Yeah. Um, uh, especially if you are running for office, don't shy away from it. If it's in an area where you think it's not going to hurt you. Uh, but anyway, um, so there's some statistics here. Like um, in 2008, about 8% of the U.S. population claimed to be atheist or agnostic. By 2021, uh, that, uh, according to these numbers, had gone up to about 12%, right? Okay. Um, and I guess about 4% of the Republican Party uh, says that they're atheist or agnostic, uh, whereas one in five Democrats today are atheist or agnostic. Wow. Which is... Impressive, right? Yeah. But where this starts to get interesting is when you look at the atheists' political activity and involvement as compared to white evangelicals mm. in this country. And this is this is why I'm bringing it up, because the rest of that, we kind of already knew. Let's see. Uh, in 2020... of white evangelicals attended a political meeting such as a school board or city council. For atheists, that number is 11%. Oh, okay. So that's that's okay. A little bit higher. Not tons higher. Then they looked at things like um, putting up a political yard sign or putting a bumper sticker on your car. Okay. Atheists, among atheists, 27% did one of those two things compared to 21% of white evangelicals. Okay. In right. uh, 2020, 18% of atheists said they had gone to a march or rally about a political issue compared to just 5% of white evangelicals. Mm. And let's see, in 2020, half of all atheists made a political donation. Um, only a quarter of white evangelicals did. And so what this art, the, the whole gist of this thing is that we, as a community, there's a good number of us. 20% of a political party is pretty, that's about what the evangelicals are, right? Over on the yeah. uh, Republican side. And we're more engaged and we're more willing to put our money on the line. We're more willing to help out um, and volunteer for campaigns, apparently, or help out with the campaign. Anyway, I'm jumping to yeah. a conclusion there. Um, but like, we're, we are potentially a real force on the left in this country. And yeah. we know that that's, we, we got to just get in there and, and, and keep doing this. Um, well, and you know, one of the things that we, ha- that I think our uh, side has not been doing the, the atheist agnostic thing is we haven't been forcing, pushing our, pushing the issue saying, right. Hey, 
We need you to acknowledge us. Mm. We need you to see us. We're a big part of your base. You need to stop pandering to them and just shitting on us. Yeah. Because they do. They because we have been allowing mm-hmm. this Christian pander yeah. for a long time. And it's kind of gotta stop. Well, and we need we to need, we need that we yeah. need to start holding like making our our uh politicians say atheists and agnostics. Yeah. Use those words in a non-negative way. Yeah. Yeah. Even that would be a huge improvement. But we're going to have to organize a little bit more. We're going to need some actual atheist political rallies, right? Yeah. Or events that are atheist events that are, huh? They've occurred. Yeah. That rally for the reason rally. For sure. Yeah. But we need to keep doing that and we need to lean in hard on it. It's got to keep going. Yep. So. Well, I uh, I decided I would close us out with some Mormon stuff uh, because there's a couple, two stories came up. I've, I've combined so many stories, uh, but two stories came up that are both very interesting, and they are about Mormons, like, trying to skirt the rules. One comes out of Canada. One comes out of uh, Australia. Oh, boy. The Australia one is interesting because in Australia, tithing is not tax deductible for the donor. So, you oh, know, if you right. if you put money into the on onto the the collection plate at your at your church or if you give a tithe, which Mormonism demands a 10% of your gross income tithe every every for now into into eternity. <laughs> um and so and so that that money in Australia is is not tax deductible, just, which I think is great. That's that awesome. Exactly, yeah, because you know that's not a charitable donation. That's membership dues, and right. that's a different thing. Uh, anyway, the Mormon Church hates that it's not tax deductible because guess what? People don't give it. Right. People don't feel quite as motivated to give. So. The Mormon Church said, "Don't give, don't tithe to the church. Instead, mm. quote unquote, give to our quote unquote charity." Oh God! And it turns out that this charity doesn't really exist. <gasps> they don't do anything. They don't have staff. They don't like. What? They are staffed by volunteers, quote unquote. Um, and the thing is, it to be a proper charity, you in Australia. You can't be run out of Salt Lake City, Utah. Mm. Like that's that's illegal. Okay. Uh but by all, you know, and you know, it's it's hard to see into the church's books, but by all accounts, that's what exactly what's happening. The money is just being funneled directly to the church. There's oh, no Christ. charity happening. And this is significant funds. This is a huge amount of money. Going in, uh, you know, there's not that many Mormons in Australia, hmm. but the Mormons are giving, you know, by an absurd amount of money. If it's not tithes, boy, those Australian Mormons are just super into charity. <laughs> on the flip side, or rather on the, the, you know, the opposite side of exactly the same coin, you have Canada, where, of course... Canadian, like, here's the thing. 
the the Mormon church is a centralized church. Mm -hmm. Everything flows into their coffers here in Salt Lake. Right. And then they pay for, you know, the building of a church or the, you know, the building of a temple or whatever out of out of those central funds. Mm -hmm. But, you know, in Canada, if you give to a charity, that charity can't it cannot be uh, diverted out of Canada if you're going to be tax exempt. Because oh, obviously yeah. it can't because it's tax exempt. Otherwise, that's, right? that's, like, it's been not benefiting Canada exactly. at all. Right. Uh, so the Canada Re Revenue Agency uh, has been looking into, or rather, you know, the, their their books are kind of open, They're, or the public has a right to a lot of their their information, and people have been looking into what the what the church is doing. Now, there's one loophole that the church has found to get the money out of Canada and into the United oh, States. God, do you want to guess what it is? <sighs> Probably You're like international to... aid of some kind. No, no. If Canadians go to a particular institution, let's say a university, mm -hmm. uh, if there are any Canadians going there, you can funnel Canadian ta uh, charitable oh, dollars okay. to that university. Right. Brigham Young University Christ. has a, I think, 1.6% uh, of their student body is Canadian, mm -mm. but the church is funneling billions to <laughs> the Brigham Young University, which is owned, of course, by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. You know, this means... I mean, it is expensive to educate Canadians. I'm just going to say that. It is expensive. <laughs> that's true. Like, I don't know what it is. Yeah, yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, it is. It is like in the last uh, long while. So apparently in 2007, they sent uh, the church sent BYU $50 million. Oh, then Jesus. in 09, it was $40 million. Then almost $103 million in 2010, $100 million in 2011. And it has been... For like it it totals more than a billion dollars for a few hundred students. Yeah, yeah. For for a negligible number of students, yeah. because it's not for the students. This is just a tax dodge. This is just a way to funnel the money back to central yeah. Mormonism. I wish I wish Mormons could just just look at it and see how much it is just about the money for the Mormon Church. Yeah. Like it is so obvious for as an outsider and an ex-Mormon and everything, right? Like it's just like, yeah, clearly they only care about your money. That is it. Yeah, it it is. Like it's, they're so gross. They're so <laughs> well, they're not the only ones. You look no, at, I know, you know, a like, Joel Osteen or whatever. Right. And it's more obvious. Right. When you look at, you know, any any of the major televangelists or whatever. Yeah. It's an obvious cash grab. You look at how they live. You look at their estates. You look at yeah, you know but, how many jets they own, and 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 it is obvious, and it's right out there. And we're talking about a lot of money for Joel Osteen. We're not talking about hundreds of billions, hundreds of billions of dollars. Like if yeah. they if they're not worth over a trillion, I'd be shocked. <laughs> I mean, it's possible. <laughs> Like they have been hoarding money for so long, right? And what what's the fund that we know about? It's like $150 billion. This yeah. is like 
just this is rainy day fund right that's literally what they used the, that's the phrasing they used to describe yeah, it right like this is or, this or is maybe just it was left, Mitt Romney's words yeah this is no he was like well he was actually kind of he responded to the rainy day fund line with yeah. like a little kind of snarky response oh right? that's what it was that's what um it was. but like no like that's just the leftover money that they've been investing right and they've built it into that I don't know. It's not a trillion. A trillion's an absurd amount of money. But like, it's they'll get there. They'll, they're, they'll they're, totally get there. They're on. They're on their way. <laughs> don't worry. I mean, they should have bought Twitter, right? right. Like, they, that's just like <laughs> pocket change for them. Mormon Twitter. That's amazing. <laughs> All right. Well, listen. If you would like to send us a Mormon tweet, please feel free. Uh, podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or call and leave us a voicemail message. Uh, we'd love to hear your voice. The telephone number is 424-666-8442. Stick around. There's more show coming up. So, Frank, uh, you've, you've heard of Charlie Kirk? Uh, I don't Charlie, know why I can't say his name. Charlie Kirk. Who's this Charlie guy? Charlie Kirk is a a young conservative fellow here in these United States who uh, who has made quite a name for himself. He was he was one half of the now defunct Fall Kirk Institute that oh. he did with Jerry Falwell, okay, yeah. Junior, yeah, Jay Fall Jew. Um, which, by the way, if you guys haven't seen the new documentary about the pool boy, you definitely should on Hulu. It's delightful. <laughs> uh but yes, uh, so Charlie Kirk's just a, just sort of a, a talking head around in the uh, shit bagosphere, and he uh, he was he was talking at some uh, sort of conference. I'm not even sure where uh, where this was, but there was a Q and A, and a very sincere uh, grandma mm. got up to ask him a question. Ah. And uh, and this is that question and his answer. Hmm. I am a new grandparent of a daughter that went to ASU that is total liberal. How do yeah. we do this as a family without destroying it? They don't want anything very much built on a family of faith foundation totally threw it all out the window for asu and their liberal ways and yeah. how do you bring us back as grandparents and be able to have a conversation yeah. uh grandparents you should be unapologetically sneakily conservative to your grandkids no i mean this um, it doesn't matter if it drives your daughter nuts. It's completely irrelevant. You're going to get a lot of free time with the with the kid, and you just got to you got to make that kid and you like this, and and just if your daughter doesn't like it, just say tough, right? Like I brought you into this world, and I don't want this kid to be miserable, right? No, I'm, it's that serious because it sounds as if you already lost your daughter, but now you get another chance, right? And then make sure your kid, that grandkid doesn't go to college based on everything you just told me, right? So there you go. Holy shit. Go I behind mean, your their backs and try to not let the kid go to college. I mean, it's, it's remarkable because like she's specific. You're right. She's a very sincere woman. She's asking a very sincere question. And she yeah. wants to know, 
without destroying the family, essentially, right? How do I, how do I, what can I possibly do? Right. And he tells her absolutely how to destroy the family. Right. Because that is the quickest way for those parents to just be like, sorry, grandma, you don't have access to your grandkid anymore. Yeah. Because that's what and I would honest, do. Right. Honestly, I think any sane, you know, uh, non-believing parent would do the same. Yeah, I honestly, for those listeners who, because I know some of our listeners encounter this. Like, yeah. This happens a lot. We we hear from people who encounter grandparents, you know, their parents who are trying to indoctrinate no. their kids. <laughs> and no. it's literally not acceptable. Yeah. That is not okay to do. You can, you know, if you, you know, in in conversation, in communication with your with your parents, decide that it's okay to take them to take the kids to church, you know, once a year or whatever. That's fine. That's as long as you're okay with it and you've had the conversation and you know, you've had discussions about what uh they are or are not okay to say to your kids. Mm-hmm. But the truth of the matter is that yeah, do not allow your parents to to breach boundaries yeah. that you have set. That is, it's just, it's just a, a death spiral. Yeah. And it's, it's like, no, not your child. Yeah. <laughs> no, my child go away. Yeah. I'm like, sorry. You, I, I'm sorry that the, that the way I raise my kids disappoints you, but yeah. they're my kids and you don't get a chance. You don't, you don't have a say in this. Yeah. And guess what? Even if you kept them out of college. <laughs> yeah. Like. I'm still the one who raised them. Yeah, literally. I, yeah, it, it's kind of shocking that someone would say, how do, how do I have a good relationship with my family? And the answer is, well, probably lie to them. Go behind their back. Yeah. Well, no, he says unapologetically, right? Well, that's true. He, but then unapologetically sneakily. Like, yeah. What the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. Right? Like, like, you're a total shitbag. It's true. Uh, anyway, well, we had some folks write into us, uh, and call into us. Uh, Joe wrote in to say, Frank and Dan, you mentioned that some pastors were recommending people, uh, to hand out religious pamphlets. <laughs> you remember for, mm-hmm. for Halloween, mm-hmm. we talked about this. Well, last year I noticed an old guy hand out something that caught my eye. So I immediately checked out my four kids bags. He had given them little baggies with religious pamphlets and the cheapest chocolate candy ever made. <laughs> I took all of them and threw them right into the guy's garbage can that was on the curb. Oh we my. avoided that house this year. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm sad that I didn't come up with this idea before Halloween. But for next year, you guys, my idea, I know Frank will not be okay with this. My idea is bring a couple dozen eggs with you <laughs> when you go trick-or-treating. And then... Don't sully your kids with this, but when somebody gives out something like that, just leave the eggs on their lawn. <laughs> for for anyone else who wants to have some fun. Just, you don't have to throw them if that's against, you know, your own personal convictions. Shit. Just leave them there for someone to uh to to interact with as they please. You could just flash them, right? <laughs> just like show the eggs like you would like you know, just right. to like warn somebody, you know, like I've got, <laughs> you pull back your jacket and be like, I've got a gun over here. Right. Like, right. Yeah. Like, really? uh, you, 
Just you, just be do you like, think that that pamphlet might. Do you think that's a good idea? Because uh, what about these? What do yeah. you? How about some, now? Yeah, <laughs> you're still gonna give that to my kid? You still still gonna go <laughs> ahead and uh, give him the pamphlet? Or maybe there's some candy somewhere in the house. What do you think? How how how's about you uh, reach in there and get that pamphlet out? Yeah, <laughs> that was the uh, worst. Text. We'll take the fentanyl stuff. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Either way. Um, oh, we had Dolly. a voicemail, did we not? We did indeed. A uh, longtime listener, Donnie, out there in Shasta, uh, <laughs> called in with a story um, uh, related to, to something we were talking about a few weeks ago. Okay. Hey guys, Donnie from Mount Shasta. So I just finished listening to your episode, uh, you know, about general conference and the changes made to the for the strength of youth or whatever pamphlet. So this is really funny. I you know I grew up in Orem and I have five sisters and two brothers and. You know, my mother never, ever said anything to me about, like, anything me wearing having been, like, inappropriate or, you know, anything like that. But we literally had that pamphlet in the kitchen in one of those little, like, magazine organizers. And when the, my sisters specifically were getting ready for school, and especially when they were getting ready to go to, like, the prom or homecoming or Sadie Hawkins or anything like that, my mom would literally make them take it out. And read the read like what girls were supposed to do to stay, you know, in the spirit of God before they could go dress shopping, before they could decide what they were going to wear, before they could cut their hair. It was really crazy. Uh, but yeah, like totally just took me back to all these comments of my sisters going, while my mom's like, you need to read that and make sure that you're following through on what the prophet wants you to do. Anyway, I just thought that was funny. Anyway, have a good one, guys. Always love the show. You know it. It's not culty at all. <laughs> no, Mor- I don't know why everyone calls Mormonism a cult. It's uh, just there's nothing culty about it. Perfectly normal behavior. You can't have 150 billion dollars and be a cult. It's just too big. <laughs> uh, all right, thanks for that. Um, Chantel wrote into us uh, along the same lines as Joe's. He, Chantel's talking about Halloween, and she says. Your discussion on ha- of Halloween the other week brought back some memories. I was raised Seventh-day Adventist. Uh, that church has their own version of Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts called Pathfinders. That sounds fun. Uh, my mom would have my sister and I dress up in our uniforms and go door to door well before the sun went down collecting canned goods to give to local food bank. <laughs> uh, she would also usually have us sing some church song or recite a Bible verse oh, God. while we did this. Ugh. And of course, the interaction wasn't complete without leaving the poor, confused individual a pamphlet of the SDA church prophet's writings. <laughs> I've been separated from the church for about five years now. Congratulations. Yeah. This, this year, I dressed up as a witch for Halloween to hand out candy and for the first time shared my costume on Facebook for all my parents' church friends to see. Ooh. Wow, that's pretty spooky. Uh, Chantel <laughs> says, thanks for so much for the show. I appreciate the opportunity to laugh at laugh at, and think differently about all these things that used to feel so serious. Hmm. Yeah, that's kind of the thing, isn't it? Boy, hmm. it felt it feels deathly serious until you take literally half a step back. And then you go, <laughs> oh, well, that was dumb. Yeah. Oh. I love well, that. I mean, that's, that's so nice painful, collect- though. Like singing the songs. I know. Oh, God. Just the most awkward thing in the universe. <laughs> oh, my God. 
Like I like that they were collecting food for that's the food sweet. bank. That's yeah. that's sweet. That's yeah. whatever. And you know, uniforms from some fake quasi, you know, Boy Scout, Girl Scout thing look probably like costumes, kind of. Yeah. Probably not in retrospect for the person, you know, answering the door. At first, first glance, they're like, <laughs> oh, you're dressed up as like some kind of Boy Scout thing. In retrospect, I'm sure they're like, oh, that that was fucking weird. That was, that was yeah. What were those fucking uniforms? What what well, what was that? And like literally, it's like, oh, here's some candy. No, you're not taking the candy. Oh, you, you oh oh you, you want, want some canned want corn? Okay, beans? I can give you beans. <laughs> that's that's what you. Why, oh, you're singing at me now. You're oh, singing. I think okay. Got a can of tuna back there somewhere. Yeah. Oh, oh thank you for the pamphlet. I definitely will not throw okay. this away immediately. Well, you take care. Happy Halloween. Okay. Bye-bye. I... <laughs> Please don't come back next year. <laughs> oh, Lordy. Oy, oy, oy. All right. Uh, we also had Margaret write into us, Hey, Frank and Dan, y'all were talking this, on this week's episode about churches starting to do alternatives to Halloween. Mm. Growing up as part of our local Catholic parish's homecoming group... Uh, I was a really cool, cool kid, can't you tell? We did All Saints Day party instead of trick or treating. Hmm. Um, that's the next day. You don't <laughs> got. You can do both. Uh, during the party, each child would dress up as a Catholic saint or one of the named angels. Oh. We then had a game where we would go up to one. We would go up uh, one by one and give a hint of who we were dressed up as, and the other kids would have to guess. Who we were. That sounds delightful. Hmm. One year, my sister was Saint Saint Denis of Paris, Saint Denis of Paris, uh, complete with a paper mache disembodied head. Which, by the way, if you don't know the story of Saint Denis, he did uh, get his head cut off and then walked around with it for uh, five miles. Wow. So that's, that's fun. A good trick. Yeah. How do you do that? Uh, you know, sainthood. Hmm. It's pretty good. <laughs> uh, yeah. So there you go. Growing up as a homeschooled Catholic in the 90s was weird, says Margaret. <laughs> oh, goodness. You know, it's like, yeah. It, the problem is that religions, where where religions should be just for something, you know what I mean? Mm. They, they, are, they get much more traction when they're against things. Hmm. So they constantly have to look for what are we against? What what can I be against? What can I rile people up with? And uh, and then fun things like Halloween get uh, get in the crosshairs. Mm -hmm. It's a great way to make yourself an other, right? To yeah, other yourself exactly. And yep. uh, those kind of experiences make people hold on to the community. It's so fucking weird. We're yeah. humans. We're so dumb. We're dumb, dumb, dumb critters. <laughs> Well, uh, speaking of humans, mm. uh, we have some, we, 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 you know, we, we need to thank our, our patrons, but I, we, we do need to say it's tough times. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's inflation out there. Yeah. Uh, and, and everybody, you know, some people are feeling the pinch. Our patron, uh, list has dropped pretty dramatically. Yeah. Uh, and that's fine. We're not mad at you. Uh, please continue to listen to the show. Yes. We, that is uh, totally understandable. Anyone else out there who may think, you know, I've been thinking about giving them some money, but it just hasn't happened yet. 
what a wonderful time this would be <laughs> for you to for you to jump in. Not saying you have to, but boy, wouldn't that be neat uh, for you and for us? Uh, you get magic powers out of the deal, which I mean, I don't know how you do better than that. And uh, you know, we we just get a little bit of money. So yeah. uh, we're just asking that you please consider uh, donating to us if you don't already. Uh, if you can't afford it, please don't consider it. We are not a church. We don't demand that you give to us, even though you can't afford it. Um, <laughs> but yes, uh, uh, it's super easy. You just go to thankgodamatheist.com. You click the support us thing. There's a, there, there's a little thing on the right that's for Patreon. There's a little thing on the left that's either for a one-time donation uh, over at PayPal or a monthly donation. There's so many ways so you can many. give. So many. So, uh, so we would greatly appreciate it if you can do that. Uh, and who do, we, who do we have to thank today? Uh, we actually have uh, three new patrons. Hooray. Um, we have two new deacons, Linda and Chelsea. God bless. Uh, thank you much. Uh, and uh, we have a new teacher, Rhiannon. Excellent. Yes. Excellent. All of these beautiful people get magic powers. There are a couple of, you know, if, if you're at a certain level, you get the Frank and Dan diary every mm. week. That's that's spicy extra content <laughs> that none of the rest of you know what it is. Mm -hmm. So you can't know if it's great or not. <laughs> I'm just going to assume it is. Uh, and, uh, and I believe we have one more person to thank. We do indeed, Dan. Our top donor, our Lord and Savior, Davis. More show coming up. Dan. Yes, sir. Oh, my goodness. Elections. The midterms. They are yeah. upon us, Dan. Here in these United States. I, mm. I don't think even if you're not in the United States, I don't think you can escape United States politics. <laughs> I don't. I just. It just seems to me like everybody has to hear about it. Because it's the worst and most scary thing in the world. Um, yeah, indeed. So, but anyway. Congratulations to our listeners in Brazil, by the way, for getting rid of Bolsonaro. That was awesome. amazing. And yeah. the he And he did what I never thought he would do. Which is give up power? Yeah, I thought he was going to totally try to trump it. Yeah, um, but he just—he yeah, he did the right thing. Good, good. So here we are. Uh, as you're hearing this, it's either election day or th sometime thereafter, mm -hmm. and uh, and so it's basically over for for you. It is not over for us in our timeline. No, but, uh, for your timeline, it's basically over. We're still kind of. Uh... I'm 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 a little nervous. I might mm. say, uh, mm. Dan. I I I don't think uh, the Democrats are gonna pull out a win here. No. Here's the thing. Uh, I since 2016, I have learned that uh, nothing goes according to any kind of uh, plan, or and polling <laughs> means nothing in these United States anymore. I don't predict elections anymore. Mm. Uh, it's not a thing that I believe in. I, I just, it doesn't matter who's claiming that they know what's going on. You know, Nate Silver has, uh, is, is no longer a, a person in my life. Uh, <laughs> just, just done. He's, it's, it's everything. It look, none of it means anything. Don't take his calls anymore. 
Until the <laughs> right, exactly. We're not friends. We don't go. We we just don't do lunches at all. You just you uh, defriended him on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. He's pretty broken up mm-hmm. about it. I understand, I mean, but yeah. that's just how it's got to be. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. So so here here here's the predictions that I'm willing to make. Oh, okay. On this, um, I I think that the Democrats will no longer control control as though they actually did control, but they will they will no longer have majorities in both houses. They may have a majority in the House, but probably not the Senate. And uh, and nothing will happen. Very little will get done. In, in that time, except by a presidential uh, executive order. Decree. Which is uh, just how politics in the United States works now. Yeah. That's, uh, that's kind of it. Yeah. Well, it's, I certainly hope they don't have control of both houses because it's going to be... Uh, it's <laughs> it's going to be a series of, of just bills that they're running just to make a statement and force Biden to vote against them or veto them. Right. Oh, you're saying you hope that the, the, the Republicans don't control both houses. Not both because yeah. you know, if you don't control both, you can't pass anything. Correct. Or it's a lot harder. It has to be bipartisan right. at that point. I think but no like, matter what, uh, nothing happens because, because even if they got control of both houses, it would just be a veto fest. It would yeah. just be, uh, yeah, but if they have control of both houses, then they're trying him uh, for, uh, yeah. Um, what do you call it? My brain's not working today very well. Um, they'll try to impeach him. Well, constantly, sure. right? Sure, it's that's just going to be one after another. Like, so the Dems did it to Trump twice, so they're going to have to at least do it three times. That's true. That's against true. Biden. Uh, which will happen? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they won't Lord, succeed. Oh. They won't remove him from office. But they'll yeah. try to sully his good name. Yeah, I think that'll probably happen anyway. I, I'm wrong. I think probably the, the Republicans will take over the House, uh, yeah. at which point, yes, they will impeach him 30 times. or <laughs> And then the Senate won't convict him. Uh, and that'll just, that's the new thing. It's hip. It's fun. <laughs> Uh, it, it, it has become meaningless. Almost everything in American politics has become meaningless. Yeah. Um, so, so I don't know. What is, what, what does that mean for us? Where do we take that? What do we do with everything amounts to nothing? And we're now political nihilists. Um, I, my advice is just brace yourself, everyone, Mm. uh, dig in, have some sort of, have a, have a safe place somewhere in your house that's far away from the internet and any sort of news feed that you have. Um, and Perhaps ignore a meditation it. room. Ignore it from time to time. Just yeah. get away from it all. Don't start every day it's, doom scrolling. It's just not good for you. I it's promise. not. It's unhealthy. <laughs> uh, but but also just uh, just first of all, it can't possibly be as bad as things have been before. Uh, we've all lived through a worse era than now, hmm. uh, no matter what. Yeah, but and there may be worse in the future to come. I don't know, but uh, it doesn't. I don't think that there's going to be like riots in the streets, no matter what happens. I don't think that there's going to be much violence, no matter what happens. It's midterms. Boy, it's going to be chill. You live in the nicest media bubble. I like your media bubble. Too. <laughs> 
I, look, I'm not saying people aren't going to talk about riots in the streets or claim that there's going to be violence. I'm just saying it won't probably materialize. There won't be a, a January 6th an attack on the on the Capitol or whatever. Oh God! I guess I don't know. My news feeds must have realized that I will click on those stories because <laughs> <laughs> I can't say with the same certainty, Dan. Oh, there's no certainty here. <laughs> Please, no you one interpret so anything I'm man. saying as certainty. Uh, if there's one thing we we've, we've learned from the past uh, since 2016, certainty mm -hmm. is uh, is a fool's errand. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I I I don't know that I the, the I mean this isn't really a message of hope that we that we're doing, but but I think that what we can say is that. Uh, yeah, find your own peace. That's good. And keep fighting. That's also very good. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we and pushing. and Keep showing up. Yeah, I don't exactly. Know. I, yeah, find new and better ways to engage. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, we, yeah, God, we have, we have, we got nothing, Frank. We, let's bail. Let's <laughs> bail. We got nothing. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Come on, Dan. I think yeah. this, is, this is positive, right? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think we can we can be positive. It you know, what would be nice because the, the because here's the thing. The uh the pattern is consistent. Mm -hmm. Midterm election, you know, every 4 years with the presidential election, there's things swing strongly in one direction. Then in the midterms they swing in the opposite direction. Hopefully this backswing will be gentle will be less than it could have been. And then there's another swing. But enough of one that but there's another swing. Yeah, exactly. That we have another swing. That it doesn't just keep swinging the same direction in, in two years. Correct. Um, but the yeah. other thing, here's the thing to look forward to. I'll give you guys one thing to look forward to. Hmm. Uh, the Department of Justice in these United States does not like to do anything during an actual election. That's Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But they're gearing up for something. There may be some fireworks from Ooh, the DOJ. That could be exciting. Uh, About after Trump, the election. you mean? Yeah. yeah. So I think I think there will be gargantuan fun things to follow uh, about Mr. Donald Trump. That would that and, would be fun. That is something to look forward to. And the ding dongs that surround him. Yeah. I hope I hope I'm not uh, setting myself up for disappointment. Yeah, I hope they people, actually act on, on people are worried. I, I don't know. Go and listen to uh, opening arguments and uh, and may, and hopefully they'll have some fun. Thing. Anyway, uh, that's something to pay, possibly look forward to. The, the writing seems to be on the wall for that. So I, mm. that's that's what I'm hoping for. Uh, yeah. Well, I have and, to tell you, Dan, like for me personally, of late, every morning that I wake up, and uh, we're not living in a nuclear holocaust. I feel pretty good about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no nukes is good nukes. I, I like that. That is a good takeaway. Uh, we are not nuked. No. So congrats on not being nuked, everybody. Uh, if you are nuked right now as you listen oh, to this, I, sorry. Then I'm sorry. But uh, hopefully we, we will get at least that much of our prediction correct <laughs> that nobody will be nuked. Uh, by the time they listen to this show. So, uh, hooray for that, and uh, hopefully uh, have a good election, everybody. Yeah, good we'll luck. We'll see you on the other side yeah. of it. 
stay safe. And, uh, and, and yeah, listen, if you guys have things that you predicted or want to predict and you want to send them in to us, please feel free to do so. Podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. After the fact predictions. I like that. Yeah. Call and tell us about them. The telephone number is 424-666-8442. Yeah, go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash TGIatheist, and click the like button. Or if you'd like to join one of our members-only lounges, you can do so. Go to our website, thankgodimatheist.com slash members-only. Yeah, thanks so much to the Red Rock Hot Club for the use of their fine music. And thanks to Gordon Johnston for the use of his music. And thanks to all of you friends for tuning in. We sure do appreciate it. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.